0: What's going on, everybody, and welcome to Ask a CISP podcast. My name is Ryan Williams, and I am a P and I like to answer the questions of those uh, breaking into cybersecurity or switching career fields and things of that nature. Uh, this podcast mirrors well with our Ask, or I'm sorry, the other side of the firewall podcast, where we highlight those movers and shakers and glass ceiling breakers, those people of color made to the other side of the firewall. So we're getting both ends of the spectrum. My special co-host for this episode is Alex Worsham. Uh, how are you doing, sir?
1: I'm pretty good this morning
0: all right that's what's up so um you reached out to me on linkedin uh you agreed to be on the podcast which i great, greatly appreciate you have some really good questions which i, I think will help other people um so you give me a little bit about yourself so um how did you get into it or cyber and uh kind of what are, what are your goals for the future
1: uh <clears throat> as far as getting into it is concerned uh both my parents have been um really deep in the IT field so I was kind of you know pushed into it uh, uh, definitely not forced I love computers I've always loved computers um, back in like 2013 I built my first gaming computer and it scored a just okay. skyrocketed from there um, now when I got out of high school I joined the army uh, as a 25 Bravo informational technology specialist and I've been in the military for the last four years and um, ever since then I've just been Trying to learn uh, as much about computers as possible, um, and I think I've uh, I had a love for computers a little bit more than my peers, so um, I just eat the information up. As far as general classes, you know, math, science, reading, um, I wasn't too strong at, so it did kind of deter me at first into you know doing a full dive into computer science and reaching some of the deeper, more conceptual aspects. Um, but once I started growing with it, I, I just found I love it and you know, keep studying it to this day.
0: Okay, awesome, awesome. Um So yeah, like I said, you gave me a, a, a really good list of questions. I definitely want to deep dive into those. Uh, so you said 25 Bravo. So um, I've worked with 25 Bravo, Sierras, uh, Novembers. So I'm kind of familiar with the career field. Um, Signal is awesome in the Army. Uh, I spent the last five years um, working for the Joint Communication Support Element. When I was back in the States, uh, which is very Army, like, yeah. like you talk to army people and they're like, it's very not Army. <laughs> but um, go, let's, let's just jump right into it. Like, what are some of your questions?
1: Sure. Uh, first and foremost, I definitely wanted to ask you about your background. Um, you jump perfectly to the uh, the J.C.S.E. Uh, yeah, I know you've been in the military yourself. And uh, just tell us a little bit about your experience and what you've been doing up to this point. Got you. Uh
0: so still man like don't let don't let the, the facial hair fool you. Uh <laughs> I, I hit 19 years um in, I will hit 19 years in March. Um and I'm starting to go through my transition. Um I love love the Air Force, uh, wish I could stay in forever. But um, you know, it's just it's I feel it's it's time for me to make the transition over to um corporate America um and kind of flex the skills that the uh, air force and the, the department of defense in general has uh has given me the opportunity to uh to develop uh so again 19 years uh joined back in 03 um i've had three i'm on my third career field and never changed career fields Yes, uh, it's kind of crazy so originally i was a, a what we call um, a 2e2 so we have afscs um, air force specialty codes they they're very similar to your moss uh but we like to switch ours up <laughs> so it was a 2 E 2 data maintenance, so I um, I was the guy who would uh, tear equipment apart to fix it, solder boards, things of that nature. Uh, we got folded into uh, telephones and circuit actions um, and all that in cryptography. So I became a 3D1X2, which is cyber transport. So we're uh, the layer four guys, um, you know, pushing packets all over the place, building networks. This is where I started to get my love for Cisco. Um and just command line and building networks, designing networks, all that good stuff. Um, did that for the bulk of my uh, my 19 years, um, and slowly moved on to going from uh, tactical to um, fixed com when I worked for the NSA for a, a period of time to enterprise level when I was in Virginia. So I did that for almost six years, uh, working. I think we had 120 locations at the time, doing their base boundaries, things of that nature. That's when I started to get into um, project management a little bit, uh, and mostly building up those skills, so SEC plus net plus CCNA, all that good stuff. Then I moved to Florida, where I did JCSE for a quarter of my career, Um, that's a joint communication support element, Uh, those guys are everywhere, Um, we are tactical, we're fixed, we're... Any, anything like you need uh, a network in a parking lot a desert a forest <laughs> we we make it happen and that's why I got my project management skills up got my PMP um, as well as I uh, started getting into cybersecurity. so I've been doing that for probably combined total of six years out of the 19 so 19 years of IT uh almost 10 years of project management and now i'm on like my year six of cybersecurity because the the dod had a shift where it's like okay we we build these tactical networks how do we secure them Uh, and they started pushing us towards like figure this out um and i I guess i showed um uh, a passion for it like i I really did want to know like how do i secure this network that I, i built you know how do i protect my baby um and then they uh, pushed me towards getting my CEH, my, my CISP. And then I uh, pursued my master's in cybersecurity information assurance and finished that uh, just before the pandemic uh, hit. So, like late 19, early 2020. Um, and then since then, I've just been pursuing different uh, avenues in cybersecurity. I'm really big into um, risk management. Like, I really like that. I think it pairs well with my project management um, certification and, and experience. Um, and uh, I've, I have a lot of um, identity access management, things of that nature. Like it, I went basically the from securing a port on a switch or a router to designing a network to be secure is kind of uh, where I'm at
1: in my my journey. Okay, nice. yeah. Uh, I, I actually'm a big fan of uh, risk management myself. I've always loved okay. you know quantitative versus qualitative, the risk assessments, you know the not so sexy stuff that a lot of my see. Yeah. Uh, I actually really enjoy it. You know, the paper slog, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with you. It, it's like people, I, I don't think they sleep on it. They just, people don't really, um, enjoy it, but I don't know. I've always been that, that type of person. Like I, I, I love my uh, time in QA. Um, mm. I, um, I love looking at like the RMF packages and the uh, authorities to connect and all that stuff like it's very dry material but like you learn risk risk frameworks um, you know I, in pursuing my degree a lot of my papers were on PCI DSS so like the banking system uh NIST uh, FISMA those type of things like uh governance policy like it's, it's I, I enjoy it but you know people want to be pen testers and things of that nature and I get it like forensics is is cool um but I, I like being a person who is not afraid to say no. But I will find a way to yes, right? Like I will figure out like this is what you want to do, and it might be unrealistic. But here's the compromise to keep you safe uh, and mitigate those threats, and also give you some flexibility. I think that's very uh, uh, underrepresented uh, when when we talk cyber to the public.
1: Yeah, most definitely. From their perspective, they, you know. The, the commonplace, black hoodie, dark room, no windows, you know, All hacking right. away <laughs> at a keyboard kind of thing. Uh, okay, so um, can I dive a little bit more into your military experience? So you've been in for 19 years, and um, of course, thank you for your service. That's, that is a long time uh, to do this type of job. And I know the military, yeah, the, the op tempo is, is so high, uh, and the demand is so much for you and your family and stuff like that. Um, how is your home life balance um, when you consider the military and college and all the things that you've done in your career up to this point? Uh, how have you been able to, um, you know, balance your personal life with your professional development?
0: Got you. So uh, an ever-evolving process. So um, I've always been really big into um, studying and um, I just, I like learning new things. So um that's hard to balance. Like now, as I'm, I, I'm getting older, right? So I spent when I when I finally retire, I will have been spent more time in the military than uh, as a civilian. Like over half my life will be military, uh, and I'm trying to figure out what that looks like uh, as we speak. So <laughs> that transition is still, it's still a still work in progress, and probably will be for years. Uh, I would say what I learned was you have to make time for your uh, for your family. So like. The, the military is going to ask a lot of you um, and that's just that you volunteer for that right we're all volunteers like no one is being told they have to be in the military um, and you have to figure out like early on I would say like it took me a little bit longer um, where to take a break so like when you have your leave when you have your, um, your times when you have a lull. You need to use that time to focus on uh, whether it be uh, your family that you built or your family that you came from or your friends or your pets, or you just have to find some time to be with those people who care about you. Uh, Not to say that your military family doesn't care about you because they do, but this is a season, right? Like even 20 years is a season of my life. Um, And those people will always be there for you uh, if you properly nourish that that relationship. So I'd learned that probably uh, halfway through. so I was very focused military like like I need to learn as much as I can I need to get all these certifications I need to continue to build I need to craft get my skill up and what have you uh, and I still want to do that. I, I still do right um, but I find time like for my family um, it, it's kind of hard to explain right now because I've been overseas for over a year so I'm kind of away from them. Uh, you know, mission mission calls, right? Um, but the focus is like when I have that time, I try to communicate with them as much as possible. And when I get back, uh the the goal is to find a um a business or corporation that respects my time and that I can spend that time with my family.
1: Okay, yeah, definitely. Um, so getting um going back and looking at um your your pivot into cybersecurity. You started with um, you know, network administration. Uh, you said you worked with a lot of um, hard devices, routers, switches, firewalls, right. implementing them, building networks and securing them. Um, when you started to pivot into the, the security aspect, and you started to touch on the cybersecurity, uh, what was the most difficult part for you? And did your uh, background prior to going into cybersecurity help uh, at all uh, with that transition?
0: I think it marries well. So uh, I was talking to um, Aisha Highlands on Tech Connect about it. I think because um, you can come into cybersecurity without an IT background. Like I'm not gonna like a lot of people. Are like no, you need to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can. You can if that's if that's um, the way you function, the way that your your mind works. Mine does not. I'm very tactile type person. I need to touch it, and if I if I touch it and then I can break it down, then I can understand it at a higher level. This is me, this is the way that my mind works, right? So I think it it helped me um, phenomenally. Like I know what a network is. I know how to build a network. I know how packets move around that network. And then here are the things to uh, to protect it and baked in from the beginning, right? So early on in my career, that was not baked in there. Uh, that's not kind of what they taught us uh, originally. Like like security was always a, a thing, right? Like there's always security above, but it was never, uh, a thing where it's baked in at the at the beginning like okay let's think about how to build this network and how to secure it properly that kind of evolved over time so i would say probably tw- 2009 or so um so probably five or six years into my it experience that's when we started talking about eighty five seventy requirements and to uh, touch the network you had to have security plus which is a i, I believe is a really good uh introduction into uh cybersecurity, like a lot of people are like, nah, security plus because everybody has to have it, yada, yada, yada. Um, I, and I get that if you're just testing the test, but if you're if you're if you're testing the the knowledge that you've learned, like you're actually learning the the material, it it's a, a boon And like here's everything that we could possibly throw at you at entry level. Um, and then how do you apply it to your network? And I, I think that really helped me out a lot. I think my help desk experience helped me. I did a couple of years uh, help desk when I was working for NSA. About half my time was uh, circuit actions. So pushing packets around um, all, all types of different networks um, Cisco, Juniper, um, Sonnet, all that good stuff. And then um, taking over the COM focal point and actually doing the help desk work because it, it teaches you um, more than just your portion of the network. Um, cause we're all segmented, right? Like, um, Bravo's do a certain things here, do a certain thing. November's do a certain thing. Same thing for us, right? We have client systems, we have uh, transport, we have uh, radio, like we're all broken in different components, but when you work help desk, you get to see all of it. So like I'm learning directory services stuff, right? I'm learning exchange things. Um, and then how to tell customers or how to break down to customers, like what you're asking for is not a thing <laughs> and this yeah. is how it works. And this is how we can get you to a better place. And I think that all ties in together. Um, uh, so I always push, like, if you can work for a company in, in on the help desk as, as, um, your entry in, I think it gives you a, a really good point to pivot into cybersecurity, but you don't have to, that's not, that's not everybody's journey, but it, it definitely like the tech helped me get into cyber.
1: Yeah, uh, I really love that about the the IT field, um, how flexible it is, uh, how, you know, one person can start to traditional health desk route and uh, go all the way up to senior level CISO, or you could just come right off the street, you know, start studying your own building your own computers and, you know, right. um, get where you need to be. Uh, yeah, so and, then, and
0: nothing's nothing's wrong with labbing. Like I want to put it out there as well. Like uh, lab is very close to real environment. Like so when you're learning switching and routing, you lab a lot. Same thing with um, uh, pen testing and things of that nature. Like lab, enjoy it. Like because every company's not going to bring you in with uh, you know no experience and then nurture you and then build that up. But if you bring something to the table, like hey, I have you know uh, try hack me and all these other things like hack the box. Like I have all this. Um, virtual knowledge I can bring to the table, then I think you'll more likely be hired.
1: Hmm. Okay. Um. How was your experience with uh, Western Governors University? I know you said you got your your master's degree for them uh, right before yes. the pandemic started.
0: So it it was great. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I think for me, it took uh, 18 months. I think I could have shaved, or I'm sorry, 15 months. I think I could have shaved it down to a year, uh, but they allow you to um, go to school at your own rate. So like you'll sign up for like two classes, but you can take up to four or five. Um, Pace yourself. So I signed up for two, I went up taking five, and then I had to take three months off (laughs) as I burnt myself out. Cause they'll just allow you to keep going. Like they'll encourage you, uh, they'll give you the tools. You get a mentor um, who will follow up on you. And then as you knock those classes out, or he or she'll be like, "Yeah, yeah, go ahead, take another one. Like, do you feel comfortable? Yada, yada, yada. Like, yeah. Um, and then that fifth class, I was worn out. It was, uh, it was forensics. And I was like, all right, I need to take a break. So I took three months off. Um, then I came back and I, I finished up. So um, if you pace yourself, it's, it's really good.
1: And what made you decide to pursue the master's degree? Um, uh, assuming you don't have your bachelor's degree uh, from WGU?
0: No. So my, uh, it's, it's crazy, right? So um, my associates is an Air Force associate in IT. Um, but then there was a point where I was going to potentially get out of the the military and I I was a computer science dropout um, coming in so like I was a computer science major Um, I was working full time going to school full time it was not working out for me Um, I tried to pursue it again once I joined the military and I quickly learned that uh, uh, math is not my strong point to, to a certain degree right so when I got into calculus I was working the hardest I had ever worked at a class, and I'm still only getting uh, a seat. Um, and I was like, there's more math. <laughs> we're we're going to continuously go up from here. So I looked at all of my electives. I said, what do I enjoy doing? Um, and it was um, psychology classes, so, so psychology, sociology. So I pivoted hard from IT into uh, social psychology is what my, my bachelor's was in. Um, and then that was I finished it off just in time to um, uh, pursue Security Plus, Net Plus, uh, and all that stuff, and I, I, my passion for IT grew again. And then I started to look at oh, what's the cybersecurity thing. Then um, I took a very long educational break. Um, uh, I, I still pursued certifications, I got those and what have you. But then when I was looking at, okay, I I know my time in the military uh, could potentially end at twenty. Um, I don't really have aspirations to go too far over twenty. Let me look at a master's. And I was like, well, I, I don't want to go back to psychology because I'm not going to pursue that when I get out. I'm like really big into cyber right now. Uh, and I always will have a passion for IT. And that's when I started looking at um, schools. Uh, Park uh, was where I got my, my bachelor's at. They had a really good program. But then I heard about WGU from coworkers and the, the flexibility there. And I was like, no, nah, I'm going I'm going WGU.
1: Yeah, uh, that, that's uh, almost the same story. I, I was at work one day. One of my coworkers pulled me aside are you in college no all right we're going to the ed center right now show me wgu right. you know sign up for the courses and you know it, it uh like you said it, it just allows you to get get so much done get all the resources up front you know you don't have to um sink a lot of your time into um uh, a lot of the fat you know uh, for traditional right. colleges
0: right right and, and you just have to be so there's nothing wrong with uh wanting to be in a brick and mortar. I teach at brick and mortar. Um, I, I enjoy that aspect as well, seeing people interacting with the students, seeing the light bulb go off. Like I really enjoy that. Um, but you don't always have time for that as a student. Um, sometimes like for us, we deploy a lot, we go TDY a lot. Like you need the ability to just do it on your own at your own speed. And I, it really afforded me that.
1: Yeah, most definitely. Uh, so throughout your your journey so far, um, obviously you're a media creator now, you've been putting out things on YouTube and LinkedIn and several different platforms. What inspired you to become a media creator uh, specifically for IT and cybersecurity?
0: Uh, so I, I kind of always wanted to do something. I wasn't sure what it was, whether it be um, a YouTube channel or uh, a podcast or something like that, uh, but actually the COVID, so the isolation aspect of it uh, pushed me over the edge. So when I arrived uh, overseas, and my current assignment, uh, we had to be isolated for a long period of time, um, just because you had to make sure you weren't symptomatic. Um, you weren't gonna spread it coming, you know, from country to country, all that good stuff. Uh, so I was locked in the room for two or three weeks. Um, and I I have uh, a mentor. So Jeff Lodick, he's a, a retired army. He's a author, podcaster, um, public speaker. Like he does all that uh, after like during and after his retirement, right? Um, he had a podcast and I was like, well, you know, uh, teach me, like, let, let me know, like, how, how hard is this? And then he started explaining the tools and what have you. And then here's the entry level, like here's how you can come in and, and, uh, and do it and what have you. Uh, so then I recorded a, a small session by myself, hated it. <laughs> Absolutely hated it. I was like, I need, I need, I can't just talk in a vacuum. Uh, especially about this material, because it's coming off dry. I'm a monotone type person. Uh, how do I make this more palatable? Um, and uh, as well as how do I showcase more people who look like me? Uh, because at the same time, I was learning that we're very diverse in the military, right? When it comes to IT and cyber and all that stuff. I started reading articles. I'm like, oh, you know, I'm, this might be my last assignment. Let me see what the, like like out on the outside. And I was seeing that, like, we make up, at the time, we made up 7%. Of uh, of IT and cyber, like seven percent were people of color, uh, which is a huge difference than uh, than what we have in the military. And only three percent of those were in those senior uh, level positions, so C-suite positions. Uh, and I was like, how do I how do I find these people because it's such a small community? How do I network network with these people? And I was like, you know what? I think the podcast might be that connective tissue. Um, like so we. Began to record. Uh since then, the podcast has evolved, right? It used to be one big podcast, about an hour, hour and a half. We had different topics, what have you. Uh, we cut back on that. Um, not on the uh the content, we cut back on the time. We we noticed the uh the trend was people would listen to like the first 15 minutes and then that'd be it. We're like, well, we're producing all this stuff, let's break into smaller chunks. Uh, I talked to again, john Jeff, my, my mentor. He was like, Yeah like you got to make it palatable. You got to make it so people can consume it. Uh, so we broke it down to now we're, uh, Monday and Tuesday are our topics. They last about anywhere between 10, 15 minutes. Uh, and then Wednesday we do a discussion, uh, cause we always liked bouncing ideas off of each other. Cause we all have different viewpoints, right? So I'm, I'm, uh, by trade, a cyber transport guy. Uh, and I, you know, I have, uh, some really good knowledge in in cyber um, when it comes to that aspect of cybersecurity and policy governance, that type of stuff. Then we have um, Shannon. So Shannon uh, is uh, a vulnerability assessment uh, background, retired Air Force. Uh, He's a information system security officer, so an ISO. So he brings that to the table. We have LeVon, LeVon. uh, We we all met in Virginia, by the way, at the enterprise level. Um, And we've since, we're in three different time zones now. But LeVon uh, brought to the table, uh, when I met him, he was working at directory, uh, exchange, and now he's a uh, cloud architect. So he brings that cybersecurity to the table. He's also a graduate from WGU with his master's in cybersecurity. Uh, and we're all three people of color, right? So you got three black men, uh, discussing cybersecurity, which there's not a lot of that out there. There are, there are some podcasts, but there's not a lot of them. Like we're, we're definitely a minority in space. And then we have people on the show like um, your Chelsea Pierre's, your Aisha Hollins, your Gabe uh, Davis, uh, Johnny Jones, um, who come on the show. And these are all also people of color who are doing things in the space, right? Uh, we show that hey, we we do this. Like this is not this is not um, uh, these people are not unicorns. These people exist. They they've built upon years of experience and what have you. And there are people like us in the space. And then. Uh, to kind of land land because it's a long answer to your question right yeah. um i started to uh communicate with people on um linkedin who wanted they had questions right like how do i get into cyber like how do i pivot like you know um your uh uh tish harper's and and things of that nature i, I, I thought about it, like why don't I just make that an episode like why don't I get these people on the show so i can i can show them uh, I can show the audience that, hey, you're not the only one pursuing this, uh, A, and then B, there's a, a huge amount of people of color who are trying to get into the space. So now we, we have it from both ends of the spectrum, right? We can show you that C-suite level uh, person, and we can also show you the person who's making that that change or trying to get into cybersecurity. So I was like, let's do it. So that's when this Thursday episode came out. Um, and then Fridays, we talk about everything else. So we just try to unwind. <laughs> because, again, you got to you gotta make those contacts, right? Like, I, I get to talk to some really good friends who are across the ocean about what they've been watching, what they've been reading, you know, just what they've been doing with their family. Um, and we get to show that aspect as well to our, uh, our, our listeners. Like, you don't have to be cybersecurity IT 24-7. You can take a break. You can pursue something else. Most definitely,
1: most definitely. Um, Yeah, I saw on your LinkedIn profile as we were uh, looking through that you had some some involvement with uh, Blacks in cybersecurity, and I saw that you are definitely an advocate for minorities in the cybersecurity space, and um, yeah, yeah, you're definitely um, someone we look up to um, as a person of color myself trying to break into the cybersecurity spectrum.
0: Yeah, definitely. Like, uh, and and the network is is growing, right? So we're just a little tiny piece of it. But like, Twitter is booming with um, Blacks and Tech and uh, Cybersecurity. Like, and like you mentioned, you have the Cybersecurity Association, the Blacks and Cybersecurity as well. Um, and then they share my content. You know, like they'll they'll reshare the the uh, the posts that I put out there. So like, it's nothing but love in the network. Like, definitely, if you're not a part of it, definitely join uh, one of these various organizations. You also have like um, uh, WESIS for uh, women in cybersecurity. Um, uh, I know there's some Latinx uh, groups as well, uh, uh, business uh, uh, peoples uh, in cybersecurity, like there's if there's a space for you. You just have to uh, uh, hit it, put in search bar.
1: Okay, definitely. Uh, and I'm gonna pivot to uh, some more hard hitting questions. Um, some ones that, you know, not usual typical interview questions that, uh, we kind of put together so what has changed recently in cybersecurity uh in this field that you dislike so uh maybe a certain tech right. or a certain mentality way of doing things
0: uh there's necessarily a way of doing things um there's also a negative aspect to the uh to reaching out um because there's a lot of misconception right like uh it's it's, uh, there's a, a difference between IT and cybersecurity, right? So IT is the, the, uh, the, the bones, the skeleton. This is what builds the, uh, the networks and makes them function um, for a company versus cybersecurity, which is um, uh, the, the protection of the company um, and whatever governance that, that it falls within. So they're separate, but they marry well together uh, and there's a, a misconception People don't know what to pursue. And when they, when they reach out, sometimes they get beat over the head. Like, oh, you should know better or you should know this. Well, they don't. That's why they reached out. So I, I, that part I don't like. But I think that just that social media in itself. Uh, I see more positive than negative. But there is a lot of um, uh, negativity sometimes. When somebody just asks a question. So I I will never do that. Like, if you ask me a question, I'll, I'll if, even if it's something I've answered a thousand times, I'll answer it a thousand and one. Like Like, maybe you didn't hear it. Uh, so this is how this functions, and like help people out. So that part I don't like. I, I don't like when people are like, "Oh, you don't you don't understand? You need be here." Well, that's you didn't understand at one point either. So, <laughs> like help them, and then you know, uh, shout it from the from the mountaintops. Like get 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 more people like us in the uh, the space.
1: Yeah, most definitely. Um, okay, so what certifications or credentials or skill sets? Um, are not actively being used by you right now? Uh, What's kind of things that you've gathered and they've been uh, sitting on the shelf? Oh man, so
0: things I'm not currently using. So I'm not currently using um, my CCNA. Uh, So I'm not banging on the keyboard doing command line stuff and I do miss it. Um, But as you progress in the military, you get less technical and you get more managerial. That's just the the way the space works. So I'm a a senior non-commissioned officer now the only time I get to touch equipment is when I sneak off <laughs> when I'm trying to teach somebody something like, oh, like I, I, I will drop paperwork in a second. Like, oh, this is broke. Let me let me help you. <laughs> but it's a balance, right? Like you can't take over. Like I'm, I'm supposed to be training and teaching. Um, so those skills are a little rusty. Um, I tried to um, read up as much as possible. But uh, again, you know, you atrophy at a certain point. So I, I definitely miss command line stuff. Um, and then I would say, everything else, it, I use an aspect of it, right? I'm not, I'm, I'm not using all of my PMP. Um, the way the military does project management um, is slightly different. So I'm not using it to the PMI standard all the time because um, it's, it's different. Uh, scope schedule cost uh, is different for a corporation than it is for the military. Um, uh, Aside from that, I try to use all aspects as much as possible. So that's why I got into teaching. I was like, well, I don't want my CISP uh, to go to waste. Like, uh, so when I finished my degree, I immediately looked for a campus that would allow me to come on as an adjunct. Uh, and I've been doing that. So yeah, I'm not, I'm not physically touching stuff, but I'm, uh, uh, and, you know, putting that knowledge out, trying to get people to understand, especially people who are not, again, from IT. Like, I might have a background in, I had a, a psychology major in one of my classes. So like we're day one, we're talking about networks and that's not her thing. So I'm trying to, you know, show her the DARPA net video that they always show us, like when we're in training, you know what I mean? Like stuff like that, like trying to make it practical to to her and then she got A in the class. Like, so I I really enjoy that type of stuff. So uh, I would say there's always a way to use those certifications in some aspect, but uh, you can't use them all, all the time. There's no, there's no, Magical job. Like there's some full stack jobs that are out there, but they're not the few and far between when it comes to um, using everything all at once.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, um, how did your upbringing affect um, your development in IT and cybersecurity? And uh, attached to that is, do you think that you are who you are today because of your upbringing or in spite? of your upbringing oh that's a, a deep
0: question okay uh i would say i think my upbringing complemented my personality which complements what i do um i'm a tinkerer right um so growing up if something broke i would take it apart and if i could fix it i would fix it or you know most things did not get fixed <laughs> most boom boxes died there on on the on the table right while i was doing surgery but it gave me um a passion to figure things out um not necessarily to be cheap but you know if i can fix it fix it Um, and then i've taken that into i.t and then um i think it it married well with um like project management things of that nature like thinking on the fly um and trying to make that stuff uh work i would say my only child, so communication, or I grew up an only child. I have a half brother and, uh, and sister, um, but the majority of my life I, I was the by myself, right? So uh, I would say the military uh, helped raise that part of me. Like I have no problem speaking in front of people now. Um, I have no problem, uh, like in the teaching aspect, because these are things that they 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 teach you. Teach you discipline. They teach you communication skills. You have to be able to you know uh, explain to higher up. Just like you would have to explain to a C, uh, C-suite, uh, like a CEO, like, all right, this is how this is impacting your business or this is how this is impacting our troops or this is how, you know what I mean? So you, you get a lot of that as well, especially as you move up the ranks uh, and they, they nurture that. Um, I would say nothing, dis- there would be no despite. Like, I didn't have anything, like everybody has their, their their struggles and their challenges growing up and what have you. I don't think any of those have hurt me uh, if anything, they've made me work harder. And again, that goes down to personality, right? Like some people are, are born a certain way. Like some people uh, are hard, hard-headed. I will put myself in that category, like in a, a positive way. Um, if I want to do something, I'm going to try to figure out a way to do it um, and just press forward um, as, as much as possible. Like that's not the way everybody is wired, but that is just, I didn't, I didn't make that. You know what I mean, I was just born with it. And I think it's helped me a lot. In uh, the military, and I think it's helped me to uh, make better um, uh, decisions and choices, um, you know, mitigate risks and things of that nature. Like, I, I don't ever want to not be a part of the communities I'm part of because of uh, Bad choices or mistakes. I, I can, I can see something and learn vicariously through that. Like, okay, he touched fire, <laughs> and it burnt him. I'm not going to touch that fire. Yeah. Uh, well, let's figure out a way to put the
1: fire out. And make it safer. So, okay. Um, next question: uh, Do you believe in the pay for mentorship model? Um, if you're familiar with that,
0: so I'm, I'm not. I, I did read a, read ahead and I saw that when I was like, I'm not going to ask. Beforehand, because I, I want you to teach me what that is.
1: Um, so in my I, mind, I don't,
0: I don't like it <laughs> from the, from from just the the reading department. It's like pay for mentorship.
1: Yeah. So there there are certain um, certain individuals out there or certain corporations whose entire job is to uh, offer mentorship as a service. So me being a student or someone uh, new to cybersecurity and um, Instead of reaching out to you, for example, you know, um, I would look at someone uh, prominent in the cybersecurity space, and they would charge a certain rate, or maybe a subscription-based service, or one-time payment oh, okay. in order to receive that mentorship. Then uh, they might, and it's not like um, it's different from like resume writing, for example, you know, where you pay someone to organize your collective experience. Uh, you're more or right. less paying someone. Um, to try to guide you or build a path for you, you know, as a mentor or a coach or, you know, non-commissioned officer would do. Gotcha.
0: So now that you explain it to me, it's kind of always existed, right? Like you, you buy a self-help book, you, um, you'll subscribe, um, to a personalities podcast or whatever, uh, or their, um, their video series, like, um, like if they're a teacher, right? Like, like CBT Nuggets is a, is a big one. Like you, you pay some pretty good money, but you also get some really good material. Um, I would say, if done properly, like um, time is money. And if this person has collected a, a ton of experience that can be impactful to you in your journey, um, it may be beneficial to pay for that time. Because um, again, time is finite. Uh, I don't. Do anything like that to my knowledge. Well, I mean, kind of like a teacher, right? So if I'm teaching a class, the uh, the university's paying me for that. Um, it's not free, but I also give out free as well. You know what I mean? Like, uh, so like on my podcast or on my page, or when people reach out, like I, a ton more people reach out to me, and I answer them through uh, email then show up on the show. A lot of people just don't, you know what I mean? That's not their thing. Like they don't feel comfortable being on the show, but I don't want to not answer a question. You know what I mean? Like, um, cause I would feel as though that was kind of like not spiteful, but um, if I can make the time, I'll make the time. And I, I have a lot of time away from my family. Um, so in a roundabout way of answering your question, um, I think it that could be beneficial. Like if that person is like a guru in what they do, uh, perhaps you need to pay for their time, go to their seminar. You I mean, like people do that, right? People, public speaking is humongous. Uh, I'm not in that, that sphere, um, per se, but it may be something I, I pursue in the future. Um, and then public speakers get paid for that time by that, that company or that business, like they're not necessarily being paid by the people, but they're providing a the service to the people who have paid ahead of time. <laughs> so, yeah. um, yeah. I can't knock that, that I can't even uh, knock that hustle. Like your time is, is worth money. Um, but if you're not providing uh, quality with that, whatever you're selling, then that, that, that is a problem. But it's always been like that. People have always been selling snake oil. So that's, that's a thing as well, right? Yeah. Um, so on upon, so you, you've educated me. So upon reading it, I was like, pay, pay for mentorship mentorship is a service but yeah I mean that's kind of what it is right like you're paying for these seminars you're paying for these videos or these subscriptions to um what whomever like you know how many uh books I've read (laughs) yeah to you know to get to the certifications and whatnot I, I I paid for that for that book or that that subscription or what have you to get to it so um I think it has value
1: Okay, so now I have kind of a long question. I'm trying to funnel it down, make it a little bit more concise. Um, The question is, does the different types of uh, mediums, right, in which we use to communicate now today, uh, like texting, video conferences, Discord groups, and things like that, uh, have a profound impact on developing the relationships in cybersecurity? Uh, Does it hurt them relationships in your uh, experience or your opinion? Or does it help build them to be even stronger relationships? Um, you know, how the comparison between face-to-face and uh, electronic communication, uh, that kind of thing. So I
0: think more avenues to, to learn and to connect to people uh, is, is always positive. Uh, you're always going to have disinformation. Um, we try to, our best to weed that out, right? In our communities, typically you see people get outed or you get pushed out um, because of it. Um, I think especially now it's, it's, it's been, it's more than beneficial because we can't always make contact with people, um, due to whatever wave of, uh, COVID is out there or whatever, um, uh, meetups and whatnot have to be canceled because of it. Um, so I think it's definitely beneficial. Um, I've, I've always been, uh, even before COVID, I've always felt like finding a network is always uh, uh, beneficial to to you and uh, a boon to your um, your ability to find that person that may be able to break down or explain something just perfect to you. Um, so I, I think it's always beneficial. Um, I, I think people should always be seeking um, communities, and I, I think especially now um, they're they're worth their weight in gold. Uh, and again, there's always going to be disinformation out there. Um, you just have to like trust but verify. That's, that's always the, the model, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like, okay, I heard it from you. It, it makes sense. Let me go hear it from two or three other people also to see how, how it mirrors uh, one another. And they just go from there. Like, never just trust one source. And, but now you have a, a billion of them, right? <laughs> you have access to almost every human being on the planet.
1: Yeah, I know certain countries, uh, the internet is becoming um, one of their human rights. You know, they're actually writing in the laws, right. like you should have access to the internet. So it's, uh, it's definitely right. growing.
0: Right. I mean, at some point it's going to be just, well, like obviously you need running water or you die, but yeah. <laughs> at some point, uh, just just to get information, like just just to, to be fair, like you need multiple viewpoints um, just to be able to make your own informed decision. And I, I think that that will never go away. Like um, just as the newspapers or printed presses mm-hmm. of, of back in the day, the internet is that, your, your Twitters, your your Facebooks, and whatever network comes uh, up behind them.
1: Yeah. Um, so how do you evaluate yourself? Do you compare yourself to your peers uh, at all? And if you do, uh, what kind of factors do you determine that based off of uh, their education path or their age, maybe their years of experience in cybersecurity?
0: Uh, so I, I use it as a... Uh, a measuring rod of where i want to be so i find people who are already in that space who are already at that level and uh let's just like you're asking me these questions i ask them that question like what got you there what did you do everybody's path is different um i believe everything happens for a reason right so um the way i got to where i'm at now is because of a lot of smaller things a lot of people and influences um mostly good some bad you know you learn from your bad teachers uh, just as much as you learn from your good teachers um so I look to those people and I ask those questions, just just like you are. Like, hey, how did you how did you uh, get here? You know, I me mean? how many how many years of experience? Um, who are your mentors? Like, what did you look at before you got here? Uh, it's a big thing when transition, right? Like, I've reached out to Veterati. I got a mentor uh, who's in a space that's in, in the city I want to retire in. Like, how did you you know get to where you're at? Uh, what resources did you use to get there? Um, uh, I never in a negative way. Like I never see somebody and be like, oh man, I'm not measuring up because they're doing so much better than me. Um, everybody has their own path. Like some people don't have to work uh as hard as as I I did. They just absorb information differently than I do. Um it, it just is what it is. We're all built differently. We all take take information in differently. Uh you just have to learn and master the way that you absorb information um to get to where you want to be at. So I, I know I'm a tactile learner. Uh, so I I go touch it, and I figure it out, and then I, I build upon that. Uh, some people they just—it's almost osmosis, right? They touch the, they take the, the textbook, put it to their head, and it's just like, oh, I know, <laughs> I know everything. Yeah. Um, I, can't, I can't, kick myself because I, I can't do that. It's just not the way I was built.
1: Okay, and kind of the uh, the reverse side of the coin for that question, uh, which you kind of alluded to, um, is have you ever experienced imposter syndrome, and if so, how do you deal with that in your day to day life?
0: Oh yeah, it's almost. Uh, uh, I wouldn't say it's daily. It's not daily, right? Um, my nine to five. I f- I feel very confident in what I do. Um, not not because I'm I'm cocky about it, but I have years of experience, right? I can I can think back to uh, you know over the course of nineteen years and and kind of figure out what what I need to do, and uh, where I need to be. Um, but. As I branch into the transition, oh, yeah, yeah, you, you definitely feel it. It's like, oh, man, like they've been doing this on the outside for 19 years. You know, how do I compare to that? What do they do? Um, it's to ask those questions, find those people. Um, I've, I have not had too much negative feedback, right? Like I reach out to somebody and I usually get an answer. It's a, You know, every now and then you run into to somebody and they, they won't give you an answer. Uh, I'd rather get that than get disinformation. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'd rather you ignore me than give me bad advice. Um, it's something that everybody's gonna have to deal with, uh, or maybe not like, it's something I will always have to deal with. I believe and the way I combat it is, um, through application. So like, I, I know I'm about to have a breakthrough or I'm about to reach a, a new milestone mm-hmm. by the level of my discomfort. Like if I don't feel comfortable, it's growth. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I, 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 I typically don't choose a path that will cause me harm or cause, uh, you know, um, like I, I'm not going to pick something bad uh, on purpose. You know, what I mean, like if I feel like, OK, I'm about to do like I, I went live with Aisha the other day, never went live before. I record everything. <laughs> it's like I need to see it before everybody else sees it uh, to make sure it, it makes sense. It's on brand. I'm not talking crazy. So I went live and I felt super uncomfortable going into it, but it was a great experience. Um, same thing with teaching. My first class that I taught, I felt very uncomfortable. I felt the imposter syndrome kick in like, oh man, I'm a, I'm a whole teacher now. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Like, am, am I ready for this? Like, am, are they going to learn something? And then the proof is in the pudding, right? Like, I teach something five different ways um, and finally figure out a way that clicks with that student. And you're like, okay, I got it. I'm good. I'm good. Um, so again, it's that discomfort, that's, that's, growth. That's your, that's your feeling. So uh, pursue it and, and push through it. Like we, we, we all got it. It's just a matter of, uh, of uh, honing our craft and getting better at, at
1: doing it. Yeah, most definitely. And uh, one of my final questions for you is, uh, what are your, what are some of your plans uh, for the future? I like can kind of lay us out uh, where you expect to go in the next, 4 or 5 6 years of course you're retiring soon and going to move into the enterprise so
0: uh, the transition is is real right so I'm, I'm uh, probably 14 months from from being a whole civilian again <laughs> in life you know what I mean like so that that is a little um, worrisome and not because I'm afraid of finding employment or anything like that it's just it's going to be different like when i was um, Prior to me joining the military, you know, I was a teenager. Uh, I only had a handful of jobs. Most of them were fast food. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like none of them, none of them were I.T. related. None of them were cybersecurity related or project management or, or what have you. And over the course of 19 years, I've I've learned discipline. I've learned uh, organization, and I've uh, I've become educated and have practical experience. And I want to apply that uh, in that community as well. Uh, it, it may be difficult. It may be easy. I, I'm not sure yet. I'm not out there. Um, but again, I'm reaching out to those people who have made the transition and uh, just trying to learn like what were the challenges and the hurdles when they got there so I can try to avoid them, again, vicariously. Like, what, what fires did you touch <laughs> so I can avoid those? Um, and I, I hope in, in five years to be um, spending much more time with my family. Uh, And doing something that I love. Um, So right now, I'm thinking policy and governance might be for me. Might be somebody's Um, ISO. But ultimately, uh, I don't know if I could do it in five years. It may take me longer. Uh, I want to be my own boss. I want to be, uh, you know, in in the space. Maybe a VISO. Maybe a consultant. Maybe something of that nature. Uh, But again, I learned through application so i don't want to jump straight to that uh and and shoot my shot maybe i could maybe i couldn't but i want to work for someone doing those things build those building blocks and then be able to take all that knowledge i learned on the outside world and then do it for myself ultimately so uh, five years would be great (laughs) i don't know i don't know if i could do it that fast though right um but that's ultimately where i where i uh, i want to see myself um still creating content i don't know if it'll be on the same platform so doing it now you know five years from now it could be something new out there i could be doing it in the metaverse for all i know if that's ever comes to fruition um but and and teaching like i always want to have that in my back pocket i always want to pass all my knowledge to other people uh in some some regard like whether it be still um doing the the adjunct for a different um Uh, college, or uh, maybe I'd go into public speaking space. I don't, I don't know.
1: Yeah. And um, being a adjunct at a college and, you know, doing podcasts and YouTube, it's a great thing. I mean, they're always saying to give back to your community, you know, the best way to learn is to teach, et cetera, et cetera. Um, But for someone new in the cybersecurity space, um, how would you recommend they start to give back to their community?
0: By joining a group. Like, so these groups um, patronage is, is king, like you make the community better, it makes more people join uh, Then the, just the way human beings work, right, the numbers uh, cause more people like oh there's a 10,000 people in this group, <laughs> you know it's got to be full of good knowledge, and it usually is um, join those groups join your um, your um, Blacks cyber cybersecurity, your uh, black cyber associations, your uh, Weeses—like join those organizations and bring your talent to them, and ask those questions and build build upon each other. Right? If you find a resource, bring it with you. Um, I always try to update my my. Here's my top ten things I did um, when when studying for the CSP. Here's my, you know, I think I have nine for for PNP, and I bring those into those groups that I join. I just join like. Um, I think it's uh, Blacks in, um, is it Black Geeks in Cloud? I can't remember the exact title because I'm on the spot. But I just joined that organization because I want to learn more about the cloud, right? Uh, so, and in it, somebody asked about CSP, like because like, that just happens to be something they're interested in. So I brought that with me. But like, here you go. Here's my top ten uh, videos I watched, you know, materials I read, things of that nature. Just bring yourself to the group and any resources you collect along the way, bring those as well. And then you just make that group so much better.
1: Okay, great, fantastic. Well, uh, that's pretty much all the questions I had for you. Um, thank you so much uh, for giving me this opportunity to ask you these questions and uh, delve a little bit more into your background and uh, you know, what you're all about. And I think we talked about a lot of good stuff here.
0: Hey, I, no, I appreciate it. Like uh, I, I'm glad you reached out to me. Uh, I hope more people do as well. If you have anybody you wanna refer, uh, send, send them my way and we'll try to make time to, to get them on the show as well. And if they don't want to be on the show, just want to ask a question. I, I'm always uh, here to answer what I can. I, I'm not going to have all the answers, uh, but that's why I have a network. you know. So if I can't answer the question, I will go find you an answer and bring it back to you. Um, so thank thank you for your time. You know, like Again, time is finite. So thank you for being on the show. Thank you for asking those questions. If you have any more questions in the future, I'd love to have you back on the show in the future. I haven't had any repeats yet, so we're trying to work those schedules out because people are busy, right? Um, but if I get you back on the show um, sometime this, uh, this year, definitely have you back on, have your questions, see what you're pursuing, like where you're at in your journey uh, as well. And def- definitely share this um, with your, uh, your friends and family and whomever else. Like definitely should, should, it definitely highlights your passion as well as uh, your thought process, right? To future employers and people you may mentor in the future. But with that being said, I go ahead and land this plane. Uh, thank you for all those who uh, who are listening or watching. Continue to, to support us. Um, watch, watch the the uh, the other side of the firewall podcast. Like again, Monday and Tuesday are topics. Wednesday's discussion. Uh, this Thursday episodes are are all about. Uh, talk to people who are trying to get into the space, have those questions. And then Friday, everything else, right? Like, what do we, what do we think about the latest Marvel flick? We'll talk about that. Because uh, you have to unwind people. Like, you can't always be studying. Um, so sometimes you have to take time for yourself and your family um, as well. Um, hit up the website, www.theothersideofirewall.com to get to all of our social medias. You can hit me up personally. I'm at RyRy Security Guide. That's RYRy Security Guy on Clubhouse, LinkedIn, Twitter, and TikTok. And uh, you, Alex, where pe- can people find
1: you? Uh, mostly just on LinkedIn or Facebook, just Alex Worsham, type it in, probably the first one there.
0: All right, spell your last name. So everybody's tracking.
1: Uh, Worsham, W-O-R-S-H-A-M.
0: All right, there it is. Definitely link up with him, connect, follow, whatever, uh, to support this, this, uh, this gentleman as well. He's on his journey uh so if you're on your journey as well or you are, you're at the the not the end of your journey but you're further along then you know you can looking for mentorship as well so definitely hit him up uh with that being said stay safe stay secure